Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within um, Live. Well, we're live tonight, the Australian Stock Market Show. And tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what is happening in the Australian stock market, as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. This is also the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, your questions, and we give you the answers. Our topic for tonight, traders' mindset, be in the top 10% who make money. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam. We're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi, how are you going? I thought you were going to tell a joke when that bit at the start. I thought. I you, think I'm I was waiting. too busy thinking about what we were talking about before we came on air. Oh, you must have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I was waiting for this awesome joke, but it didn't actually happen. But geez, it's oh. like it's so cold here in Melbourne. I understand why. Yeah, look, I think I'm going to be wearing gumboots to the to the set if um, the amount of water that we've been getting continues. You're walking across the grass and see the squanchy in. The ducks are having fun. This morning I woke up and there were eight ducks in my pool. Oh, you would have been happy about I that. I know, I said, duck off. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. This is not the comedy channel. <laughs> it's not the comedy channel. Anyway, remember, if you have a burning question for us, remember to record a 30-second video and email it to info at wealth within com.au Now, if you are shy like Janine, you can also send us your question as an email if you'd prefer to do that. Um, if tonight is your first time watching, then thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the show. Moving on, it's the fourth Tuesday in the month and that means... Oh, sorry. Come on. Practice. We look at world currencies, so let's get into the charts right now, shall we? Okay, you can see there on the screen, we do have the the figures for the month for the Australian dollar versus a suite of currencies Kiwi around the world. Go. I know, look at it, it's amazing, isn't it? I was excited so, Aussie, when it was $1.10 and I'm thinking, yeah, I can go to New Zealand and I went, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, 1.83% up for the month, which mm. is good. And we're up against the British pound sterling by 0.45%. Looking at where we are with the US dollar, only 0.27% for the month. Australian dollar versus the Chinese renminbi. We're down 0.63, yeah, Australian yeah. dollar versus Canadian dollar down 1.2. Mm. You would have thought if the US dollar was going down against ours, you know, the, the, the Canadian one is. But, uh, yeah, look, I think they're all... Look, looking at the way that our, our currency is sitting on the chart versus the US dollar, I think we should just skip to that um, straight it away. Like it's time to go to Canada. It's like 94 cents Canadian for one Australian dollar. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going skiing. Yeah, yeah you, you might have to get a jab before you go anywhere, the way <laughs> things are. Um, looking at the, the Australian dollar versus the US dollar, you can see that it's looking a little bit toppy right now. Mm. So we're seeing this consolidation happening week after week, same opening and closing occurring. So look, probability says more likely to come back on the to the downside in the short term, but 
there ha- you know, because we've got this stretch, we had this stretch up last week, it's also possible that the market could push it higher. So, But look, I'm suggesting that in the short term, we could see a move down. What do you think? Well, obviously, we're seeing iron ore exports, I believe, mm. uh, up to China. So I think that's doing quite well. But I know China is stockpiling some of our iron ore and everything else at this point in time as well. So it remains to be seen. I know if commodities are doing really well, the Aussie dollar will be strong yeah. in that respect. And obviously, with what's going on between China and the US, there's a hell of a lot of tug of war and a lot of postulating there. Well, BHP mm. and Rio are just teetering mm. on a potential pu- mm. push on the downside at the moment. So I'm just waiting to see mm. a further move. But th- there may be a little bit of a kick up before that happens. So Now, were you aware, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether you're aware of your read at all, but Chinese, the Chinese had now have or have a cryptocurrency, a sovereign cryptocurrency. No, I haven't read that. No, there you go. So it's a mm. new one. It's it's basically on the Chinese yuan. They're launching that. And it's that whole, um, they want to be able to make sure, because at the moment everything's traded in US dollars. So mm. all the settlements are all in US dollars. And obviously China don't like the US and vice versa, although they do need each other. And you've got two world leaders that think they're right. Um, from that point of view, China will overtake the US as in terms of GDP. They already basically. control their own currency, so why do they need a cryptocurrency? Yeah, but what they're wanting to do is is the whole about this Silk Road stuff, okay? That uh, that um, that we've been involved in in Australia, and obviously that whole supply chain right through through Asia, right through into Europe. Mm. And if everything's traded in a cryptocurrency, a sovereign cryptocurrency that's safe in theory. Everything will be settled really, really quickly and be bypassing the US dollar. So mm. if they get that up and running, or they already have got that up and running, and the more they expand that, the Chinese renminbi, however you say it, or sorry, the Chinese yuan, yuan. Um, will will be the major currency, which is which mm. will see a death knell to the US dollar. Because you know, okay. obviously, you know, everything, commodities, all sorts of things are trading in US dollars. So right now, it still does look good for the Aussie dollar, although I think I'm So sort of what you're saying you. is watch this space as far as yeah, the watch the this Bitcoin. space. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, our government likes our Aussie dollar somewhere between like 65 and 75 cents US. Mm. That's really where they like it. We've got low interest rates now. Not likely to raise them in the next one well, to two years. I actually wanted it to come back below 60 at mm. one stage. Yeah. So, you know, not the government, but the, the RBA wanted to see the currency drop off. Mm. So we did actually achieve that when the, when COVID hit. But since then, it's rebounded so strongly. So it just goes to show, you know, that we're standing up on our own. Mm, we are standing up on our mm. own. And I think our economy is looking good at this point in time because obviously debt to GDP ours is whilst it's grown with this coronavirus and with all the stimulus package, it's still pretty good by world standards. So I think we're pretty well placed. So if you were trading currencies, would you trade this right now? The Aussie dollar, not at the moment. I think I'd be putting it in my back pocket for a, for a couple of months and then have a mm. look at it because right now it's just, it's moved too fast up on the US dollar. Um, but I think, it, it, like you I said, it's got to have a bit of weakness and then come back in it again. But then I'd have a look at that, definitely. Yeah, look, I mean, somewhere between 70 and 80 cents is a bit mm. of a natural range for it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah mm. it is looking good. But, I mean, the Aussie dollar is looking good against a lot of country currencies at the moment, isn't it? Mm. OK. Um, did you want to have a look at one more? Or? Yeah, we can have a look at some. Yeah, have a look. So look what's happening, happening um, the, the Aussie dollar versus the euro, and it's a bit of a... Whoops, just lost control of my chart there. It did, just so crazy. It's gone crazy, yeah. But looking at that, there's a bit of a consolidation there, we can see. Um, I, look, it could go either way at this point when it's sideways in the mm. short term, but if, if it broke above around 60, what is it, two and a half? Yep, somewhere um, like Then we could see a really not strong move up. Mm. So what are the important currencies for people to watch? 
basically for Aussies to watch in terms of what they're doing with companies and ads, basically the US dollar, the euro. Yeah, the British pound, the yep. euro, um, and of course the Asian um, currencies as well. You need to keep yeah. an eye on at the moment. Well, I don't. You've looked mm. and done the research on the Bitcoin scenario, and that Not could change things. But I think that's probably we probably need to do a bit more research on that. Mm. You know, I did hear about it a few weeks back, and now I see I saw an article today come out from one of the financial sectors on it. So, but probably a nice idea for us to have do a bit of research and let everybody know a bit about it. Yeah, mm. sure. Cool. All right. All right. So now it's it's time to get into the questions, Janine. So how's that? But first up, we'd like to thank everyone for their questions. Remember, if you do have a question, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will be answered. And also remember not to send in an essay. One or two short paragraphs will suffice. Um, we don't need to know your dog's name, but that's nice. Um, our first email question today is from Brendan. Um, we shortened your email a little bit, Brendan. It was a little bit too long, but he says, Hello, Dale and Janine. Have been following you guys for about 12 months now and have purchased Dale's book along with becoming a client with our direct equity service. So I'm a very keen share investor. He says, I've recently purchased Linus on the 9th of July for $1.99. The stock has risen exceptionally to a point of at $2.61 where I was closely monitoring to sell out. If the market turned suddenly on Monday, the stock was suspended from trading. Apparently, there will be an offer of seven shares for one at a price at $2.30. The company is seeking to raise $425 million. Are you able to tell me what is the impact that's likely to have on the stock? Keep up the great content. Uh, the information is easy to understand and very informative. Kind regards, Brendan. Thank you, Brendan. Very good question, isn't it? Oh, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? I know, and you shortened it. Yeah, I purposely put you first. You gave first. me the long one. Mm -hmm. You know, we got an email this week saying Dale's not allowed to be grumpy to Janine. <laughs> I'm not grumpy, am I? You oh, tried I love to, it. She tried Thank to you for bash that. me all the time. <laughs> Answer the question. Okay. Um, all right, you're handballing it. Now, I purposely put this chart up looking at the long-term picture. So you can see there we've got the monthly chart up. Now, this could be bullish long-term no. if it ticks a few boxes over the coming months because it's bounced off that bottom back in 2015. And uh, since then, it's test the COVID was a real test for it to see if it would really um, continue to fall away, but it's actually rebounded nicely. So depending on what your rules were, you could have a potentially a, an interesting trade here, but it depends on whether this stock is suited to the por your portfolio. You'd have to look at liquidity and all the other criteria for your por portfolio to see whether this is the right one. But it's it is trading at a low level now. Would you would you participate in this issue? That's the question that he's asking, isn't it? Well, the capital raising for four twenty five million. Yeah. Um, well, not necessarily. He's saying there's a seven for one. That's the issue. offer. So that's, that's what you potentially could participate in. I, I look. I thought it was a stock split, like a seven for one stock oh, split, and okay. a capital raising. And I'm not sure because I haven't actually yeah, yeah. looked at it. So, but look, if it is a if it is an offer that they're making to for people to purchase the shares, I don't know. But if it's so purchasing another six shares for every one that they've got, yeah. If it is, then you've gotcha. just got to be really careful about doing that because often the shares can drop temporarily and, yeah. and could drop quickly depending on how the rest of the market. Views yeah, because well, I was looking, I was looking a bit strange while you were looking at the chart. I'm thinking, mm. well, why would a company at this price be doing a seven for one stock? If if this was a takeover, for example, I'd be saying you, the board would be nuts mm. to do it. Normally they do that sort of thing at tops. Mm. Yeah, they do BHP, that at tops. you know, they're famous for doing that at market peaks where mm. they just come out with offers. So um, mm. so what's your take? So at this point in time, $425 million is nothing to be sneezed at. A 7-for-1 offer if 
You buy I would have a look at what that 425 million means is relative to the overall market capitalisation yeah. first to understand the impact of that capital raising on mm. the on the overall share price. So that's the first thing. So I'd probably do. the probably the best advice we could give um, is it was it Ben? I've forgotten. Brendan. Brendan, sorry, Brendan, sorry, Brendan. Um, you're not you're on the board. <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, Brendan, no the offer is $2.30. So look at the time frame of the offer and it, the stock's not going to go over $2.30 in that time frame. It's just going to sit below that because anybody could buy it at $2.30. So that's one thing you've got to look at. The second thing is you've got to look at that medium to longer term growth on it. And I think you know Janine answered that really, really well. So have a look at that. Protect your downside, but don't expect many much movement at this point in time. Yeah, short um, term, given that the offers come out around that, you can see mm. that there's a gap on the daily chart yeah. there. So it's probably fitting that it's going to come back there yeah. um, as part of this move. Now, yeah. worst case scenario is that it comes back all the way down below $2 you yeah. know, to fill this gap. That would be the risk really with it. Yeah. But, you know, if you were in a profit, then, you know, potentially you might add to your position if the opportunity was there. You'd think it was a good thing if mm. that was what the offer was. Yeah. Um, but if you were not in a profit and you were in a loss, then you wouldn't be adding to your position regardless of how good the offer seemed. So look, at read the corporate document. That's pretty much yep. what we're saying is read the corporate document, understand what it is. Um, and if you want to take profits now or you want to get out of your position, that's okay. If you think it's good for medium to longer term and you want to hold the stock longer term, then maybe have a look at the offer if it's pretty good. And have rules and just and observe. Problem, yeah. The important thing is to observe the impact of this um, mm. corporate action on mm. the share price so you get a greater mm. understanding for how these things can move stocks. So that's cool. really good. Good question. Uh, the next one is from Scotty. Hi, Dale and Janine. Can you please give your thoughts as to why TWE Ooh. pumped late last week, right before today's announcement? Uh, do you think this insider trading cheers Scotty? So it pumped. Is that a new technical pumped. word, Scotty? I don't know. Like okay. Pumped. Is there is there anything such as insider trading? No, there is. No. no. That is, TWE, right. This is the one mm. that Dale, we, we were TWE. having a chat about this actually. I know. Because when I saw this, I thought, oh, look, somebody's just, it looks like somebody's ramped it up right before. And this is why we say to people, just be really cautious about investing in certain stocks at this particular point in time, because it has been known that TWE, um, you know, there was a risk there relative to what was happening in the Chinese market, because a significant portion of their revenue comes from sales from the Chinese market. And now look what happened. The announcement came out and then um, straight away it tanked. It tanked. Yep. And so that's why we have stock it's going prices. down. Mm. So whether it's insider trading is really largely irrelevant. It's also about having rules around that. So generally, like, like what we said it last week, generally when our rules say to buy or sell, it's generally right and then something comes out afterwards because people know when things are happening. So people within companies, whether they're directors or senior executives, people around the company know what's going on. And so news does get out. Um, it's not supposed to, but it does. Like um, you said, you can only do yeah. what you can do with yeah. the information that you have. So yeah. for example, you know, if that triggered your buy rules, for example, buy. then you'd be in it, but yeah. then you just have to get out of it again if yeah. it went the other way. It's as simple as yeah. that. Isn't and it? if you end up have suffering a loss, it's just one of those things because mm. that's, what do they say? S-H-I-T happens. Um, did he just swear? No, I didn't do that. Director, did he just swear? I don't even know how to spell. Yeah. I'm not spelling. Okay. I think you better hand it over. I always get into trouble. I, I always get into I trouble. I think you just stir me up on purpose, so I've got to bend down to pick this jar up. There you go. 
I'm lucky it's only 20 cents, otherwise I'd be buying you a new BMW or something. You're lucky I can't reach you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. So, anyway, thank you for that question anyway. But the next question we have is from James. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm currently studying your diploma and just about to complete module three. Um, so far, I, what I have learned has been amazing and looking forward to module four and five. My question for today is if you had a superannuation account like mine, um, Host Plus he's got, and the share trading platform does not offer a stop loss or rising um, buy options, what would be your thoughts and approach and how you would utilize this platform to your advantage? Um, I look forward to your response. Um, I think what James is talking about is not being able to put a stop loss, automatic stop loss into Host Plus. Okay. And that's not, a, that's, I wouldn't care like about that. If you've got a stop loss of when you put your stop loss on your share, just write it down and if the share trades below it, get out. Um, use that on that platform. So it's not it's not critical that it's got an automatic stop loss. And more times than not, is I find traders that put them into the broker platforms, they, they ring me up and say, oh, the stock triggered me and the broker sold me out, but then the stock went up again later in that day and I should have stayed in it and then the stock did well. So I'd rather, it depends on your rules. If your rules are that it must close, like let's say close on any day below your stop loss, then you don't need to put one into the broker system at all, whether it's Host Plus or, or Comsec or whoever it is, because the market has to close on that day before you make the decision. So you can make that at night and place your trade the next day and, and get out. Um, but it depends get... on people's lifestyles yeah. as well. Like some people might want to have that capability Correct. to be able to place those trades because they may not be able to do it during mm. the day. You know, they may have to wait for tomorrow. Mm. Things can be happening, and and you know, I've had plenty of stories from traders telling me that they've appreciated being able to do it. But mm. generally, we don't do it, and we suggest to traders to just make their decisions after market close and then look to trade if you can during market hours. And there's all sorts of technology now that allow you to do that yep. with ease. So, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And so that's what it's about. It's just about if you've got time to place your stop loss yourself and do that, then do that. If you don't, just set it into the system. So what was the other part of the question? I've forgotten. Oh, that was your question. Oh, jeez. I'm leaving it to you. <laughs> You're leaving it to me. <laughs> Thank you. Look, look at the paper. You've got the, you've got the piece the of paper there, so you have it. You read it out. I can't read it. You have to read it out to me. Just okay. Host Plus. Okay. It was Host Plus, and the share trading platform does it um, not offer stop loss or rising buy options. What would be your thoughts and approach, and how you would utilise the platform to the advantage? Uh, it, not op offering options, I wouldn't worry about that anyway. That's not a big issue. Um, obviously, it's just super fund and it would be nice to be able to um, write options on top I of it. I think he means rising really... buy options like, you know, where you can keep buying. I'm oh, not sure. you're talking about, okay, by yeah. buying more as it's rising. Yeah, and I that, think something that like that. Yeah, and that's really to do with superannuation. That's really why I'm not a huge fan of super, as we talked about on the show a few weeks back. It's there, you have to have it. It's, your money's paid into it. So do the best you can with the limitations that you have on the platform. So don't worry too much about it. I would ring them actually and ask them, you know, yeah. some of the functionality of the platform and really make sure that you fully yeah. au fait with what you can mm. do with it. Mm. All right. Now I've stuffed right. up that question. It's your go. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> okay, we have an email from, I think it's Jose. 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 Um, hi, Janine and Dale. I read your book in digital form from Apple Store. Great learning. Last month, Australian government announced 1.6 million spending on cybersecurity and advised private companies to do the same. I looked to companies to invest, and after looking at a few, I came up with TNT. Terracent looks to be the leader in Australia. Last six months, they grow to acquisitions and management I have experienced and have experienced. I ask Janine to look at TNT because I know that Dale won't like small companies. Thank you. Stay safe, Jose. 
What are you laughing at? I'm laughing because you're the one who um, talks about the microcaps generally. And, uh, you know, we, we both t tell people not to look at the smaller companies and to get mm. experience trading the bigger companies. And you don't really need to look at the small ones, but people just tend to gravitate. And we did talk about that last week in the show. But, Jose, thank you for being brave anyway and sending it through to me. But normally no, it's I'm... the opposite. You're the one that doesn't like them and I like them all. <laughs> That's okay. No, that's okay. TNT looks interesting. It looks awesome, right? If Can you, I say if you something own before it. you go into that? Go um, for it. Uh, saying the government saying for, for companies to get into cybersecurity, we've always been into cybersecurity as a business for 20 years. Yeah. And I know a lot of businesses do. It's not something new. We, we, you know, we're always, we had a, a cyber attack on our, I mean, they didn't get into our servers, but it's something that happens at least once a year. There's, there's attacks on servers on our own servers, and we're only a tiny little company, but we have all our cyber security there. And most companies will have because they're either using something like Amazon Web Services or something to host all their servers or they've got it's their It's good that the government, though, are actually but they should be know, promoting encouraging it anyway. and promoting... But it's, for... Why I'm saying it is it's not something that's, oh, it's new and there's going to be a big growth area. Companies are already doing it. That's what I'm saying. So, but yes, maybe there's going to be what Jose is talking about is there's going to be more of a focus for a lot of companies that maybe weren't as heavily focused on it as I much as it. they should be. If you're in business and you're not protecting your data, then something's wrong because mm. it it really is. There are so many times during the year that we're told, you know, Facebook's been hacked or this one's been hacked or whatever else. Mm. You know, there's threats all over the place. There's viruses. Perhaps there's all there'll sorts be like technology advances with more of these companies mm. getting. The, you know, then maybe they'll get supported by the government because there are a lot of grants that are around. Yeah. So perhaps yeah, yeah. that's why the gov if yeah. the government's going to put their money where their mouth is, although I don't know how much money they've got they at this point to do, th <laughs> do that, given where all the money's going at the moment. But, but look, good question. I mean, it's, I it's, it's actually gone question, up though. because these companies mm -hmm. will go up on perception. Yes, correct. So not necessarily on fact, and we know that. So therefore, he's doing the research from the right angle, I think, I like even that, if yeah. it isn't likely to translate into something bigger. But, you know, looking at the share price, if you already owned it, then you would stick with it mm. right now. I mean, you might consider taking some short-term money off the table just to bank a bit of it. But, you know, this thing could, because um, it could just as easily come back, um, but you would want to run with it if you had good rules. Let's just have mm. a look at what happened on the daily chart just to get a bit more of a picture of it. So it looks like in the short term, it's turning down a little bit. So it might come back within this zone here, somewhere around 20 cents or maybe 19 cents in the short term. So, But if it went back above this high here on the daily chart, then I'd say it's probably going to keep going up again. So. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, correct. Mm. Enough said, I think, okay. know, from that point of view, but, yeah. Um, All right, remember to hit that subscribe button now and also like the video. Also remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can continue to grow and we can help more people. All right, now we're getting into tonight's show, the introduction for you. Oh, it's no time that we get rolls. into the topic. Oh, okay. no, I think you've done enough. Okay, thank rolls. you. Um, is, so it's about traders' mindset, isn't it? Be in the top 10% who make money. The tra a trader's mindset or a trader's psychology, as it's otherwise known, is one of the most critical elements to success in trading the stock market. Unfortunately, when making trading decisions, most traders experience indecision before placing a trader in the stock market, while others feel buyer's remorse after they purchase the stock for fear of losing money. Have you ever experienced indecision or stress when placing or managing a trade in the market? If you answer yes, then you're not alone, as every person who has placed a trade will at some point attest to this. All too often, we hear about people trading the stock market without a proper trading strategy or with trading rules when deciding what stocks to buy and sell. 
but this only increases your risk in the stock market because trading is actually 80% psychology and 20% technical analysis. And most people focus on the analysis, right, and they forget the rest of it. But in fact, the higher the risk that you take, the more critical it is to have proper trading strategies to ensure your success. Okay, now if I were to ask you, what does someone in the top 10% of traders have, what would you say, what traits do they have? What would you actually say? And, and some of you might say, well, hey, they've got clarity, they've got confidence, they've got a lot of knowledge, they know the rules, they have the tools. So, but how do you work on your psychology and have clarity and confidence in your trading if you don't have the knowledge and proper rules to trade. And that's one of the, mm. the conundrums a lot of people in the market have. They don't have the right rules and knowledge mm. and therefore they, they don't have the confidence when they're pushing their button. They're, they're doing what I call the buy and pray method. They go buy, pray, mm -hmm. and hopefully it goes up. And if it goes down, they don't know what they're doing because we still get a lot of people saying, I know how to buy, but I don't know how to sell. Yeah. Uh, but this is really important regardless of the market you are trading or the time frame that which you're trading over or which you intend to trade. Now you do really need the right technique knowledge to make good trading decisions and a proper trading process to manage yourself and the trade um, from that point of view. But if you fail to have a proper trading process, you actually increase the risk of your emotions or your psychology affecting how you trade. Now tonight, we're going to share with you what you need to consider when creating your own trading process to assist you in managing the trade and your trading psychology. So let's talk about some of the aspects of the trading process you need to consider. Now, first and foremost is what is your trading process? And when people ask, most people think it's about what to buy or what the broker said they should be uh, to use or what they're going to be buying or learning how to place a trade in a platform. But a trading process is actually what you repeat trade after trade to enter and manage your trade. Now, the trading process is actually what occurs after your analysis process is complete and you've selected the rules to use to trade and of course after you've documented your trading plan and it starts when the trade setup has occurred prior to you entering based on the new rules. Yeah, now, I mean, that's the interesting part, mm. isn't it? Because mm. there's a whole process that goes into it at first. You've got all of that analysis first mm. and th there's a simple equation that we've talked to our um, students about before mm. which is knowledge plus skills plus experience equals success. So mm. you've got to have the knowledge first and that's the first part of the foundation to building that clarity and confidence. Yes. And then it's developing those skills. So you, as you're building your knowledge, you're developing skills, but when you're going into the market and you're actually, or doing the pre-work to go into the market, you're building your skills as far as the application and your understanding is concerned. Mm. Um, it becomes more than just two dimensions when you're doing it like that. And then you're moving through to the next part, which is gaining the experience. But the problem is people start with trying to gain the experience and they don't even have the skills or the knowledge to get there first. So mm. you're battling with that and that's affecting the psychology of the person. That's where we get so many people thinking that they can't trade. I, the amount of people that I talk to on the phone tell me that I don't think I'm cut out for this. Yeah. And it's just rubbish. It's because mm. they've started from this point here. The psychology is not been helped along by having that, um, you know, those prior steps in the process so that mm. when they go to get the experience, then they're ready for it. Yeah, mm. I also find that a lot of people don't have enough money to get enough experience to learn how to do it properly because mm. they start off with a little bit of money and because their experience is not necessarily positive all the time, it's very hit and miss. They sort of run out of money and then they retreat 
rather than yeah. being in the market long enough to learn how to do it properly. And, and that's where we get those hit and miss type of things. But, you mm. know, your trading strategy really does need to be mechanical because it allows you to really make clear decisions and manage trades in the market really with a lot of ease. Now, how would you like to have clarity and confidence when you make buy and sell decisions? Yeah, I mean, that's important, mm. isn't it? To be mm. able to get to the point of when you're going to trade, you know exactly how you're going to mm. buy. Because people often tell us that they know how to buy and press the trigger, but they don't know how to sell. Yeah. And so they probably haven't got a clue while they're sitting in the market how they're going to get out, mm. right? And that's going to be affecting their thinking. And people, you know, um, people often tell me that they were, they were stressed about it. Yeah. So, you know, and I can understand that. So it's, a, it's about having a process, right? And then working out what that process is for you and then testing it on yourself mm. as you're using it, right? And you'll refine your process over time until it becomes second nature to you. And that all of this stuff, so it's not just having the knowledge and, and building the skills, gaining the experience and all of that foundation that helps build you. So it's the technicals that are only 20%, but still mm. the technicals are what helps your psychology because it's what helps you have the clarity mm. in the end yeah. and that mechanical process that um, you go about, which we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, so you've got to keep, it's important that you've got to be able to follow it and you got to keep it simple that's the other point yeah and it's sort of like if if somebody says to you i'm a plumber mm. what do you assume you assume they know how to actually fix your toilet or the leaky pipe or whatever it is yeah mm. so people if they've got something wrong with the toilet they call a plumber yeah okay because they, they assume he's got knowledge and experience qualifications all the tools. things that they need to do and the tools and everything to do it properly but then people trade the market without the same thing mm. because being a, a plumber is somebody is something somebody's become but became, becoming a trader is also something you become. So, so that implies a level of knowledge, skill and experience. Yeah. And, and that's where, where I mean, my husband's is. tried to fix it leaky toilet once. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll always call a plumber now. You sure the toilet was leaky? <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. Okay. Would you like us to share the, the four stages of a proper trading process that will increase your probability of success over time? Now, not point number one, would you like to go okay. first? Oh, sorry, my turn. Okay, first there is your preparation in identifying the trade setup. And that's the mm. that's a really important one. A lot of people, when I say to them, you know, they say, oh, I'm a trader. And they go, how do you trade? And they go, ComSec. And just pushing the buy or sell button doesn't make you a trader. It's the process yeah. up to that point. And mm. I think that's what Janine was trying to say earlier. It's well, what do you do up to that point makes you the trader. Yes. Uh, then you go through the steps to place the trade. So, the, there's, a, the, you know, people forget about that. Mm. They think, like you just said, that they're pressing a button. So there's nothing about recording the trade and making sure that everything's in place prior to placing the trade. It's almost like when we get in a car, we automatically know what we're going to do. Mm. So it, it's, it's about having that process understood until it almost becomes natural for you. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, next, it's about managing the trade to your exit. That's really what the next one is. So it's really about having a proper set of rules and processes to understand what the market's doing, what the stock's doing, and how you're going to manage it all the way through to the exit. I um, think that's where a lot of people get caught out, do. we were saying before, because when you're managing the trade, you've got one, um, you know, you either don't know how you're going to get in and out, so you, maybe you don't know how you're going to get out, mm. um, but you're also dealing with your psychology mm. as well. And mm. so, you know, you've seen a lot of people struggling yeah. with that side, haven't you? Oh, absolutely, because when money on the, is on the line, it increases the energy or the emotions behind mm. it all. If you're not in a trade, then you're not having an emotional commitment to it or there's no emotional connection to it. As soon as money goes into the market, 
your energy and your whole outlook on the market changes or the trade changes because you stand to lose or make money. Yeah, and so that's why the teaching is so important mm. because you're able to do that and get the practice without that emotion mm. being in there. Mm. So you can actually see things which are with a much more clarity and have a clearer view on how mm. you can go about doing things before the money's on the yeah, line. You don't want to be, you don't mm. want to be working this out once your money's on the market or money's on, on but, the market. But there are people who have money in the market and then they're deciding to do our courses to do mm. it. And that's okay because all of a sudden you see all these things and you say, oh, gosh, no wonder my share's going down. Yeah. And this is the solution, you know, that I've got now to be able to solve the problem. Yeah, one of our guys said to me mm. today, he said, I was just speaking to somebody who's doing the trading mentor course who'd been trading for years and he rang him up. And the guy goes, oh, my God, I can't believe how much I've learnt. Yeah. It's on the beginner's course. Mm. So, But anyway, the last one is you need to document and review everything that you're doing with your trading. So that's what we need to do as well. Um, we have some more information to explain and get you thinking about your own trading process. So um, what we're going to do is bring up a PowerPoint presentation. So the guys will do that. So. Uh, we're looking through the so the trading process we've got now. Do you want to take them through this? Yeah, look, yeah? I was thinking that we both could because oh, we could okay. do it as a team. If it, although you don't want me to, to touch the keyboard, me. do you? Um, so first of all, it's the trade setup. Hmm. Now, hmm. oh, they can't see the PowerPoint for some reason. Okay. Oh, I don't know why. Technical issue. Can you anyway? Um, but it's just the trade setup which you can explain yeah, it's a bit just the more trade detail. Setup. Oh, so you have to exit full screen, Janine, whatever is that, that is. Is that right? Can you see that now? No, the guys can't see it. So I'll explain it to you anyway. But basically, there's the trade setup. So, And from the trade setup, we go next into placing the trade. So that's the next step in there. Then we go into manage the trade. And what's the fourth step? I can't read it so far over the sock. The fourth oh. step uh, we've okay. got here, which is... So entering the trade is the third step, managing the trade to the, to, uh, with an initial stop loss. So once you place the trade, you place that initial stop loss. I know nine out of ten people don't have a stop loss, so that's the third step in the process. Once you place the trade, put your stop loss in. The last step is managing the trade with a trailing stop loss or an exit strategy that you need to do. So the guy said they've got Actually, it Actually, I asked you, yeah. was that the button I press? And you said no oh, okay. before the show and told me to press the wrong one. Now she's He's grumpy with me. me. The okay. wrong path again. So the next question um, is... So what do you focus on? Well, most people focus a lot on their opportunities or what they're going to buy. Yeah. They don't focus on managing the trade. And that's where most people make mistakes is when your money's, when your money's not on the line, anything can happen. Don't care because yeah. you're not losing any money. You're not making any money. You're not losing any. But people spend most of their time or an abnormal amount of their time looking for what to buy and buy. Yeah. But when they've bought, they don't spend a lot of time managing that. And that's where they're out of balance it is. And that's what this okay, slide is Okay, so what up. you're saying is that they, they leave the stock there, but but, they, but when you say they don't spend the time managing it, they're actually telling me that they're looking at it every day. But that's not managing them. it. That's just looking at the price. That's right. That's not analysing what it's doing, where is it likely to go, how far so they're likely to run. Is that building more of the picture of what yeah, they should be they're doing? they're not doing that. They're just going, yeah. has it gone up or down today? And so, Because you've got a choice. When mm. you're managing a trade, you can have a mechanical set of rules that are there in advance and you know exactly yeah. how you're going to exit. It, or you can actually mm. trade with, like Dale was saying, as more information appears on the chart, mm. then it can influence which strategy that you end up taking if you've yeah. got a number of options open to trade this mm. particular share. Mm. Let's so, move on. Yep, less is more. Less is more. Uh, less is more. Now, the greatest crime a trader can make is to continually look for trades in multiple markets around the world. We see that, and more choice equals more paralysis. It's like having a kid in a lolly shop. I don't know. I think you're encouraging the kids to go into the lolly shop sometimes. No, I'm not. Talking about US stocks. No, the trades are 
are in front of you if you choose to see them. A lot of people were chasing different trades. It's about stalking the market, not actually following the market, but the trades are there if you see them. Um, you also don't need many trades to be very successful. And people say to me, I want to go to the US because there's you know, more stocks here. And I go, but you only mm. need eight to 12. Why do you need to do that? Make your job simpler, not more complex. Now the trading process, ask yourself, what is the trade setup and why do we actually need it? This is a question you need to ask yourself. These are some slides out of a presentation Janine I did with some of our students, our traders. Um, and we're asking them to question that. Why do we use an entry strategy? What is trade management and why do we need trade management? Why do we use exit strategies? So these are all really important questions that you should be writing down now and actually answering those um, for yourself to understand and how do you do these ones? Well, you talked about, you know, being um, something about, you know, you, you're all, you don't want to be the prey, you want to be the predator. Yeah, you want to be the predator. Yeah, so the, the predator is that that trade set up, the first part of it, mm. it's really important, isn't yeah, it? Getting absolutely. that trade set up and knowing what your entry is going to be and having worked that out well in mm. advance. And this is the, the importance of mm. documenting your trading plan in, in advance as well yeah. and knowing where, where you're going to enter and what your stop loss is and having worked that out. Mm. Um, understanding your risk, not just in percentage terms, but in dollar terms. That's really important. Okay, let's, let's bring it mm. home. Internal factors. Efficient market hypothesis argues that traders are generally irrationally um, exhibiting many predictable and financially ruinous biases, such as overconfidence, overreaction, loss aversion, herding, miscalibration of probabilities. What's that one? Well, basically, people think they're going to make more money than what they actually are. Mm. So they miscalculate. They think, ah, oh, this stock's drilling a hole and they're going to make some money in five months' time or six years' time. So, so they're dreaming. So they're dreaming, basically. So that's miscalibration of probabilities. And, and last regret. one is regret. That's a big one. If, we see if that I a only. If I only. Oh if only. But <laughs> the end result is experienced traders develop technical reference points to system with the art of trading by getting into studying stock movements using price, patent, and time, and studying proper analysis techniques, knowing how to apply entry and exit rules, not guessing at entry and exit rules, and using backtesting to, to the degree that they are confident in their rules. And I often say practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And that's really what you do. So don't don't apply your rules till you, till you get them right, apply rules till you can't get it wrong. And that's really what we teach mm. our traders to do and how they work it. So I think that was the end of it. So that's the end of our slide. But yep. now we need to move on because we're going to run over well, time. We're getting kicked along, aren't we? Oh. Now let's get into some more emails. We've got so many emails that we wanted to push through to get to all of your emails. And I'm sorry if we couldn't get to them all tonight. But before we do, remember to hit, hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. How's that? Awesome. Now we've got a question from Julian who says, Hi Dale and Janine, love your shows. Been watching for 18 months and you've really provided some clarity on how to invest correctly. And I really would love to do your short course to understand technical analysis better. Well done, matey. We look forward to that. I've ordered your latest book too. Great. Um, could you please have a look at a micro cap called Vortiv, V-O-R. It's a cyber security company, another one, making a profit with a PE of 15, which is not too bad. I bought it 27 cents last week. Uh, with company cyber theft up 150% this year already, and the government announcing a huge injection of focus on bolstering cyber security in the next budget. 
Do you think this company continue its current run? Cheers, Julian. It's almost like another a repeat side of the other question. Other question I know, but look it? at this one. It's really got the picket fence yeah. on the monthly chart. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that one. Yeah, no. See? see Otherwise, they'll tell me I'm grumpy they, that's and That's why mean. they don't email you because you don't want to talk about these ones. But oh, look, I can't tell that if a stock is DOG. It looks like a huge triple bottom on there. It's a so DOG. It could be more than that. So this could be the bottom for this share, basically, given what it's done on that chart. It's so illiquid. Yeah, it's very illiquid, though. So it's a huge risk in in trading anything like this. Um, there is no uh, technical entry that I can see at the moment on the monthly chart. Mm. So if you're looking to trade this stock, it's really a short-term proposition. But you know, I, we warn out. you against trading mm. these types of stocks. Look at the liquidity. Have a look at the the value of the stock being traded on a daily basis. I'm not going to show that. Oh, you want to show oh, it? Okay. No, it's like 30 want... cents and it's <laughs> traded at 6 million shares at 30 cents. So it's what? Yeah. So it's a small amount we're talking bucks. about a, a day. Lot. So, okay, maybe an individual with a small amount of capital can't yeah. really have an impact on this share, but there could be someone that but comes here's a, along here's, that here's, does. Here's a week where it's done 288000 at 20-something cents. Look, so I know some, there's some of our, our cowboy lady traders that cowboy lady <laughs> might traders. like this one. Cowgirls. Cowgirls. All right, I don't want to be sexist. Now, Are we going Rio. to the next one? Next one? Or no, we've got another question. It's my that's question. That's your question. Okay, don't steal my oh, thunder. this question. <laughs> the next email is from Cam. <laughs> Hi, Dale. I have been a holder of Rio since the 15th of May. And when I bought in at around $83, it has had a good up run with iron ore prices being high at the moment. I also own BHP, so I'm concerned I may be too overexposed in this area. Miners make up 20% of my portfolio. Um, it looks to me Rio may be hitting a top and may be pulling back from here. I don't intend to hold either stock long term as I don't see this as a growth area. I have used these more of as, as a trading stock. Interested to hear your thoughts on price action. Do you agree there may be better long term plays I could get involved in later in the year sitting on these profits? Thanks for your great work, Cam. You love wow. BHP and Rio, so they're your two favourite stocks. Yeah, now look, the interesting thing about BHP and Rio, well, disappointing thing was the huge gap that formed on the chart that sort of made it quite challenging um, to understand what was likely to happen in the short term because looking at it now, I mean, it's traded mm. up to those, those prior highs there and he's right, there's a huge level of resistance there. Mm. So you'd expect to see the stock come back from that point but how far it comes back at this point is the question. Mm. And look, if the stock comes back and then starts to push back up again towards those highs, there's a reasonable chance, depending on how fast it goes back to those highs, it could go through them. Yeah. Right. So, but the big gap down there is the real risk because it could make a peak and we could see the stock come all the way back there. And then, um, you know, so that's the challenge at the moment with the miners in terms of whether there's the downside coming in the short term. And I can only imagine that when the stock eventually comes back to fill those gaps, which BHP and RIA always do on the weekly chart, mm. that eventually um, it's going to be something connected with China. So I'm, yeah. in my mind, you know, hypothesising about what that could be, but it's not really important, though, no. when it comes to making a decision about the stock. So right now I think, you know, he's wise to be cautious about it um, and looking at potentially other shares at the moment. But I still think this is a really great share long term. You know you know I think there's huge do. opportunity it there. Is. I agree with you. Mm. Um, but the thing we find with people that watch our show or any show with experts or anything with experts or read newspapers or reports and they go, oh, the expert said this stock is weak. So they just mm. jump out. Yeah. Or they go, oh, Dale and Janine said the market's going up or Dale said the market's going down and they just completely blanket sell their shares or they just blanket jump in and they just buy 
Taking stops. it out of context. And they take a lot of stuff out of context. And I know people will constantly see comments on our YouTube channel where people just saw the, the thumbnail and then make a comment. They haven't even watched the video to understand mm. what was said in there. Yep. And most of the time they're wrong. And so the point with this is, is Janine's not telling you to sell. She's just saying, yeah, you're probably right. There's a bit of weakness there, but you need to have an exit strategy, Correct. which is what we're talking about in our main topic, the reason why people don't do as well with the market is because they don't have solid exit strategies and, and trailing stops. And they're the real critical things you need to have a process. So right now, um, we like the stock, it's just a bit weak. Mm. You know, so make sure you set a price point that you're well, happy with. Technically, it's 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 actually, mm. when you say it's weak, it's, it's in terms of where it could trade to is the weakness for yeah. it. Because it's been strong. Yeah. Um, however, in the short term, there's a risk that it could be there on the downside because of that resistance. So would you take it right now? The answer is no. If you're already holding it, you'd still be holding, still it, be holding it until you see your exit. Because mm, yeah. tomorrow they might make an announcement. It shoots through the previous high and takes mm. off. And yeah. our, our opinion changes a little bit then, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. Okay. So let's move on to the next question. Hey, it's another right. one for me. I think you gave them all to me. <laughs> Um, this one is from Stephen who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Can you please have a look at Silver Mines Limited SVL? It's a small cap silver explorer entered in at $0.07 cents with 300,000 units and looking at long-term charts back in 2008-2011 GFC area. The stock looks to rise with the silver price and global financial uncertainty in both times getting two big highs. My question is my exit plan is at $6 per share given current economic issues issues are bigger uh, than the GFC. Does this look like it might be on the correct line of thinking regards Stephen? Be interesting. I'm not, I'd be interested to understand why he's at $6. Yeah, look, I mean, oh, I don't know. All I can say is when I look at this chart on the monthly Ooh. picture, you know, it could it could trade anywhere. And look, you know, you'd never buy and hold any of these types of shares. They're only trading. Well, that's speculation. Trading stock. It? It's huge speculation. Yeah. So looking at more shorter term, um, it looks okay the way it's come looks off the okay. bottom there. There is some resistance for the share somewhere around the 40 cent mark, 40 to 50 cents. There could be some resistance there and further afield. But at the moment, it looks OK, as you say, that it's holding up. So that's the monthly chart. Let's have a look at what's happening more shorter term on the weekly chart. Really strong rise there over the past few weeks with the silver price, as he was um, rightly saying. So, you know, it looks OK. And if, if you've got a profit there, then you want to be really thinking about how you're going to manage yourself out of it. But mm. if you weren't in it right now, then I would say that you just wait for a bit of, um, you know, pullback. But this, we've seen, how many times have you seen somebody said, oh, I'm getting in this stock because it's going to do to go to that. And then they hang on and hang on and hang on. Mm. And then it turns around and goes back to where it was in yeah. the first place because they already had this figure in their mind. And to me, the question is, if you're making money, who cares? That's, mm. To me, that's really the point is if it's going up, you've got no risk. So you don't need to worry about whatever that price is going to be. All you need to do is have a, a, an exit strategy that if it does fall away, a price to exit from. And that's really where, because nobody ever rings us, you know, complaining about a share going up. No. Uh, and that just never, ever happens. If you own a share, if you own it, hold it till it tells you to sell, not at a predetermined price. And too many people set what they call um, profit stops um, and they kill themselves. Mm. So whether this stock will go to $6, I don't know. Right now, I have no idea. But, you, you know, at the end of the day, just make sure if you are in it, just set a profit, set a stop underneath it. And that's really all you need to do. All right. The next question we have is from David. And we had to shorten this one, David. It was a Another really one. long question. Hi, Wealth Within team. Wondering if it's possible to look at the stock for me. 
uh, and my sister, BRN Brainship. Really nice that you're looking after your sister. We've both read Dale's book and I'm a student at Wealth Within. Good on you. Fantastic. Doing the diploma course. Wonderful. And I'm currently on module two. Oh, you've got a long way to go. Yep. Wait till you get to module three. That's the really big eye-opener when you learn heaps. Yeah, that's the good one. My sister started to seek my opinion after it, it first pulled back off 21 cents. And no offence, but that's like someone asking, um, it's, is that the blind leading the blind? And I don't mean to be rude, but you, you're not there yet. Um, when you don't get to module three and finish module three, you'll really have some information to be able to share with your sister. It looked to me that the stock had confirmed an uptrend according to Dow and Gann trend theory. Oh, good for you. In earlier weeks and also noticed that the volume was supporting the newly midterm Uptrend. Please correct me if I'm wrong. We decided if the stock pushed back above 21 cents, it would continue to rise. When it did, my sister bought in at 22 cents and today it is at 34 cents. At least they've got a strategy evolving here and thinking about, you know, okay, if the stock rises above here, then we're going to be in Mm. and then following it through. Just wondering what a couple of experts would think the stock will do. I think that she should hold on to it at this point. But I'm a rookie thanking you, David. I hope you've said to your sister, well, look, you know, if it goes well, you can thank me. If it doesn't, then don't don't blame me. <laughs> we do a show on we do a show on micro caps one week and the next week it's all micro caps. I know, you've just caused I've a whole lot of discussion, haven't you? Um, Bobby, my before you look at the stock, my question, my my warning is is family and money don't mix. It's, it really is, you've got to be careful, mate, is, you know, I've seen so many families blow up when somebody's helping somebody else without money and giving them stock tips or, or helping them with a the stock trading. So I don't know what your relationship is, is with your sister, but just be really careful. Good advice. Really careful. Okay, brain chip holdings. So mm. far, it's doing well. Um, looking at the uh, recent, well, the last couple of weeks, it's gone gangbusters. Uh Pull back here. This is an interesting pullback. We saw a bit of indecision happening, so I don't know whether there's been an announcement that's pushed this much I'm not sure where that higher. entry is at 21, 22 cents, but anyway. Uh, yeah, look, all, all the way down here, perhaps they were looking at the daily chart. I'm not sure. Looking mm. at, just to have a look at the daily chart here. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's what it is. So there's a little bit of a sideways consolidation there and the stock's pushed up out of a sideways consolidation mm. and then given the entry. But look, I mean, whatever your strategy was, the monthly was up, the, the weekly was up, yep. um, and you chose to get in there. So yeah, perhaps great. on the daily. So look, just make sure she protects the Make sure the you're managing the risk on the downside. Yeah, I was going to mm. say the same thing. All right, next. Is that me or is it you? It's you. Oh, it's me again. But the next question we have is from Nick. I didn't swear. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you are safe. And well, I don't have any more money. That's, not, that's why I said that. Um, I have borrow on my watch list after listening to Janine talk about it some weeks back. Looks to be close to a buy based on a downtrend line monthly um, from the 2nd uh, or February 2018 onwards. Earnings call for this company is also just around the corner. Would appreciate your thoughts on this one. Keep up the amazing work, Nick. All right, okay. Nick. Wow, he's looking at the trend lines. So monthly chart, um, there's a trend line there. However, uh, it's still below it. Mm. You know, we would still be sitting below a trend line. I haven't drawn it on the chart there. Looking at the weekly, we can see there's a consolidation there. And at the moment, it's a bit of indecision. Even though it's up so far for the week, it's early days yet. Uh, it's only being Tuesday. You can't really make a judgment as to whether it's going to continue to rise at this point. So, you know, it might break out of that sideways consolidation. There could be... Um, an opportunity there, but it's still down on the monthly, um, you know, generally this mm. month. So even though the, it's moving up to the top of the bar. So 
What's your thoughts, Sal? Well, it's a bit like the market. The market's been going sideways for like the last three months. This has been going sideways for about two months. Yep. Um, not really going any, but it really does need to get past that sort of $4 area, really, doesn't mm. it, and get some blue sky there. Um, I don't mind it at the moment. I really don't because it's not falling away. But The it's only not... challenge for it is because that monthly trend line's sitting there and mm. it's still under it, that's yeah, the risk with it, isn't it? That's the risk. So mm. I'd like to see it move a little bit higher and with some strength. And this is where, you know, with the, the, the All Ordinary Index, I've been saying mm. we need to get clearly above that 6,200 points for the stock for the market to actually go, yeah. oh, it's going to go higher up to six, six or even higher. Because mm. there's still time. There's still a few weeks that we can have that will make some higher highs. But, and it's the same with this stock. It could just break through and go up for a few weeks, make a high and then come back again. So yep. I do like it at the moment, but it's probably a little bit too early for me. All right. Yeah. Next one. Yeah, your We question. have a question from Barquette. Hi, Dale and Janine. I have been watching your show pretty regularly and it's been, benefited me a lot. Oh, that's great. Glad to hear it. I've also read your book, Accelerate Your Wealth, twice and have applied those rules to my current stocks that you have suggested in your book, which has helped me dramatically. I'd like to buy BHP Group, which has uh, trended up nicely well in the past in three or four months. Could you please give me some details whether it's the right time to buy it for medium or long term? Oh. <laughs> Appreciate your hard work. Okay, kind regards, Barkett. So oh. he wants to tell us whether... Great stuff. Good question. Really good question, mate. Really good question. All right. So BHP is very mm -hmm. similar to Rio in terms of the way that, you know, we're seeing this resistance around a certain point. So it's that $40, $42. And it's been running now for four months, you know, up. So same with Rio. We've got this gap on the chart here. The highs are actually getting higher, but the, they're actually not pushing up a lot. So what we really want to see is whether this stock is able to keep going up or not. The challenge is, you know, is it going to just get up to this level again and then pull away? It could even pull away from this particular level where it's at. It just depends on how it unfolds over the next month, really. And I don't think we're going to be able to tell anything for another maybe three or four weeks as to whether it is going to keep going through, mm. um, unless there's some big news announcement that comes out about the share price. But so that's really all I have to say. I, look, this stock is another great stock long term, fantastic mm. to be to be trading. However, in the short term, because of the, the, the weekly chart there, that's really the question mark at the moment. So what you're saying mm. for Barcat is basically if he's looking long term, that's not a big issue. Yeah, I'd, so I'd still be wanting an entry on a monthly chart, though. Yeah. If, if you're looking long term, you'd still want a reason to be buying it on the monthly, whether, mm. you know, a rule. So it might have uh, short term weakness. Yeah, but it may, we may see some short-term weakness as the stock tries to push back up through that $40, $42 level. Mm -hmm. um, and if it does come back, that's going to be better because the best opportunity is going to be the next move down, um, a lower risk opportunity mm -hmm. on BHP if it does have that move down. Yeah, and this is where I think that whole idea of context versus, you know, in what we're saying is really, and if somebody's more longer term, the context is different than somebody shorter term. Yes. If somebody was saying to us, I want to trade BHP or buy in for the next three to six weeks, mm. the answer is different than what we're saying if they just want it to be for three years or more. It's yeah. a completely different answer. And the analysis is a little bit different. So um, We've still got a stop loss that you're setting. Mm. However, in terms of whether the stock's likely to go up over the long term, I'd say yes. Mm. But mm. how far is it likely to come back in the short term? Well, the problem is you've got that gap there on the weekly chart. Yeah, and that's mm. the thing is and so just be careful at this point in time because Janine's saying a little bit more short-term weakness but uh, might be all right after that but let's get into the next question have you finished sorry 
Go I don't want to cut you, you off because otherwise, otherwise I get you get told I get, off by the I, I get told off by people watching. The ladies tell me off. They I love that. I don't even up. have to tell you off anymore. I know I've got a wife and you telling me off. Okay. <laughs> um, the next question is from Neil Minnie, um, who says, "Dear Janine, isn't that nice? Uh, that's she's a lovely lady. Uh, dear Janine and Dale, I love your show. Thank you very much for that. Been watching for a few months and read both of your books. I'm interested in your thoughts on advance." Nanotech, A-N-O, in recent times it seems to have low liquidity. However, in the past it seems to trend up nicely in the short term on the weekly charts once it gets started. Um, just this week it seemed to be turning around early day still, I, so I don't get in yet. For this sort of share, how many weeks of trending up would norm help confirm the trend? Thanks, Neil. Many. Interesting. Good question. Now, I know you don't like me using the crosshair, but I'm just going to... No, I don't mind using the crosshair. You make me sound like I'm a grumpy bum. I just don't want you to leave it on there. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now, do you want? First of all, I'll let you comment I on it. Did you brush your, your teeth, Mum? You know. Sorry. Your question. It's your question, so I'll let you comment on it first. Um, well, it's, geez, asking how many weeks up before it's in a in a trend. It's that's not necessarily the right question to ask because it's not necessarily something you can say like. Oh, if it's trending up for three weeks, then you can buy, or trending up for six weeks, then you can buy or eight weeks. It depends on how that unfolds because the market travels in price pattern and time. And when we're looking at it, and so your entry strategy should be worked out earlier, like if it does X, Y, and Z, like we are talking about earlier in, in our main topic is, you need to have a structure and a process. So what we might say to you now that, hey, look, it needs to trade up for eight weeks, but we might be thinking it trades up for two weeks, down for one, up for three weeks, down for two, up for three weeks, and then you buy. Um, but it might go up straight up for eight weeks and then turn around and go south for six weeks. So how it unfolds in price pattern time really determines our strategy. So I'm glad you expanded week. on that because you were losing me there for a second. <laughs> Thank you. If I'm losing you, we're in big trouble. <laughs> how about now? We, we could see there, right? That I mean, I guess the simple point is that it's been yeah. on a downtrend. It's a downtrend right now, right? And it hasn't confirmed that it's stopped falling yet. No. And that's the biggest thing. So, you know, it's good that she's looking at the trends and wanting to understand what the trend mm -hmm. is and you're explaining that to her, that there could be all different um, ways of analysing the, sh the rise once it unfolds. Mm -hmm. But the real risk here, okay, for me just simply is if it's got to get back above about $5. It's really, it's to start pushing higher. And in that move, when it starts rising, it's got to produce an entry rule to well, want to buy it. It does. And mm. this is probably not a stock she should be trading anyway. You know, it's not for a, a high beginner. liquid stock. For a beginner, you shouldn't be trading a stock like this. It's You're going to get it. Well, what's the this. volume on it? It's only, that's only 180-something thousand shares, not even that, 130,000 at $3. So we're talking about half a million dollars mm. in trading on so that So you're leaving yourself week. exposed. So you're mm. leaving yourself exposed, and it will be running on some more rumour and, and that sort of stuff as well. You'll It'll be... And you'll get stopped out. And, and what I think a lot of people don't realise is that you know, like these Robinhood traders, and I'll use that as an umbrella term, Robinhood traders, because it's, you know, with that it's app part in the of US, the app. it's oh, yeah. part of the app mm. type thing is, what a lot of people don't realise is these Robinhood traders type things will make money for a little while, but then the big end of town, their job is to take the money. Mm. That's what their job is. They're, they're not to give the money away to these Robinhood traders. So then they learn some of what these Robinhood type traders do, and then they start trading against it. So whilst they make money for a period of time, the big end of town will catch up, and then all of a sudden they start taking the money. Yeah, so if there's nothing to support the rise, Correct. eventually they'll get slammed. Correct. And so right now, I'd probably, uh, mm. look, I wouldn't be getting into this stock. It's too low liquid. 
Um, and I think they're better stocks. If you've read my book, that means buy better, bigger stocks. You know, you're much better off. It's much safer. But you know, if if the share, mm-hmm. if you say that and then the share goes up, she's going to be thinking. Okay, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is before that's what you're is, saying. I'm saying is what we're talking about is risk. Yeah. And we're talking about what is the risk of you getting in the trade? If people want to buy that stock, it's I don't, their decision. It's their decision, not mine. Yeah. And it's not. Or hey, Dale said don't buy. Yeah, you're so not giving personal financial we're not advice. Not giving financial mm. advice. And the same if we say the markets. You know, we think the markets bearish for the next four weeks. Because like I, the other, my report yesterday, I said, I think the market's, you know, got anywhere between one and three more weeks up before it goes down into October. That didn't mm. mean to sell, mm. but I guarantee some people are selling their stocks because that's Because they're not they waiting said. for confirmation. Yeah, because they don't have a process. They don't yeah. have structure. They don't have rules. They don't have knowledge. They don't have skills mm. to be able to do it. So then they're guessing with the market. And then if you do that, you take what it gives you. Mm. It's simple okay. as that. Fair enough. So let's move on to, I think it's our last question, isn't it? And it's my lucky last question. Hey. David, you are so lucky to get in tonight. You, you just made it. Uh, hi, Janine and Dales. 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 I love this. Can yes. I use this as mileage? How you going, Dales? Mm. <laughs> she didn't say Dales. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan of your show. Well, we love you too. I have read Dales' book and applied the trend line techniques on yes. the stock picking. Now let's get more serious. It is also a great idea to write a trading plan before any stock purchases, and I found it very beneficial to me after applying those knowledge from Dales' books. Thank you very much. Attached um, please find one of my trading plans for, oh, and it's wow. for EML. Would you please make a comment on this stock and my trading plan? Much appreciated. Warm regards, David. Now, we're not actually showing mm. the trading plan tonight, but I was actually really impressed, mm. David, with the way that you put your trading plan together, thinking through all of the things that you might need to have in there, even the psychology rules you covered off. Did he? Um, not exactly um, necessarily covering all the sorts of things that we would encourage people to, in- to include in their trading plans. However, he had a couple of really good ones in there, I thought. So at least it gave him some structure when he's going into a trade, what sorts of things that he can think through before he trades. So I really like that. And I applaud you, David, for putting that together. Um, well done. I think we'll call him start. Michael Jordan because he's in rare air. <laughs> like there's very few people who do that. So well done, David. I think that's an excellent that you've put a trading plan together and you're doing that because that just shows that you're thinking like a trader. And that's mm. really good to be a trader. You have to think like a trader and a lot of people aren't thinking like traders so well done so just so, quickly on yeah. the stock so we're looking look at, at stock. eml yeah. eml payments okay so it's actually rebounded around about half of what it's lost so far and it's yeah. trading sideways at this stage you, you know you can't say whether it's going to go up or down there's no direction in the share right now and it'd need to trade above 380 before you have reasonable confidence that it was going to keep going up. Because there is some risk, of course. You've always got to consider the risk to the downside. And there is some risk that it could drop below this low here, this short-term low on the daily um, at 2.97. So let's just watch that, see what happens. The first hurdle's obviously above this um, high here in August. And then if it gets above this resistance Mm. higher up, well, could be all right. Yeah, well, my downside risk is you punching me. (laughs) It's now the end of tonight's show, and I hope you have enjoyed it, and you won't see what happens after. What? (laughs) Enjoyed it, and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas, and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows. Uh, Remember to hit the subscribe button and like the video. Also, remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so or colleagues show the show can grow and we can help a lot more people we do appreciate that also remember to put this show on your calendar as we will 
will be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your 30-second video questions, so send them in. Come on, somebody Yay. be brave and send them in. Info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night's show. Well, Jane, that does bring us to the end of the show, and again, we really hope everyone has enjoyed it as much as we have always. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck, good trading. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah, and total social distance. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.